Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. I'm Greg, and I want to talk about first a story right away that's uh, kind of swept up uh, the news cycles a little bit. And I, I hate to say it because it was a headline grabber, and I'm glad I checked it out. But it was quite disingenuous, and the headlines are just trying to get clicks. And so obviously the definition of clickbait. But it was very, it gets very disappointing because it's not truly representative of what's going on. Because when I first read it, I was like, holy crap, I got to do a story on this. And then as I looked more into it, I was like, oh, it's not basically the way it's being presented. But the headline that I read uh, on a couple different places, but in Gadget's where I read this one. Uh, so Joystick, if you remember that from back in the day before they got bought out. And in Gadget's gaming section says the headline is EA may no longer release Madden or FIFA every year. So that's the headline. And then you're like, OK, well geez, that's crazy. Like, holy crap, what happened? Are sales down and, and whatever? So you go and, and, and you like dig into it and you try to watch the videos like, oh my God, is are they only going to do Madden every couple years now or what's going on? And there's always a lot of, a lot of people have a negative opinion on yearly releases anyway. So there are, there there is a negative, there's a lot of people who are very negative about Madden coming out every year and why would you buy Madden every single year? And I've thought for a long time that what they should have done is just had like a roster update download that you could do every year. You wouldn't have to, you know, you shouldn't have to buy another $60 game and have another disc go through all that stuff when you could just have Madden football and then pay to update it every year. You know, I think that'd be fine because really that's what you're paying for is roster update and occasional tweaks here and there. Uh, So when I read that headline, I thought, oh man, what really like that? That's, that's a game changer, but it's not quite what was said. So the, uh, the EA chief, uh, Andrew Wilson was talking to Bloomberg in an interview and I watched the entire interview. It was actually really interesting. I highly recommend you go watch it. And this, uh, Engadget article was saying how he floated the possibility that his company might drop annual sports game releases. And he, he didn't really say that. So this isn't going to be, a, this is still a story about Madden. So you can kind of understand what's actually going on. So there's like, you know, the truth and you know, the facts, but these headlines are all trying to grab people like, oh my God, there might not be a Madden every year. So here's what he said uh, in a couple different places in that interview. But they were saying that EA as a publisher could treat games as a 365 day live service. So instead of buying FIFA or Madden every year, you might pay a regular fee or download content to keep it relevant. So what he was saying was, we might not release a game every year, but we might have a subscription service where say, because right now, as, as some of you may know, EA has one called EA Access. And EA Access, you pay $5 a month and you get access to certain games in the EA library. Now, most of those games come onto, the, onto EA Access months after they're released. And sometimes they'll do other cool things like they'll give you an early preview weekend of like the new Mass Effect game or, or they'll give you like a demo or something like that. So they already have a service plan like this set up. So it's not that far out of the realm of possibility that maybe for $10 a year you have the EA Access Plus and maybe EA Access Plus gives you uh, rights to the Madden game every year. Uh, because if you think about it, Madden costs 60 bucks. You tack on $5 a month, that's $60 a year. So it's kind of the same idea, except part of it, I think, is that they want to keep people engaged. And a lot of people, even if they were done playing Madden, they would most likely still keep that subscription. That's kind of why places like doing subscriptions. It's kind of like a a lot of their revenue is based on people kind of forgetting about it and, and, and having it be an auto renewal sort of thing so that you just kind of have it all the time. And, you know, but think of it more as almost like an MMO. So think of it as like World of Warcraft, where, yes, they release expansions every couple years, but they have their base game and they're constantly doing updates to the base game as you pay a monthly fee to go along with that. Uh, Now, (laughs) 
if you ask me if this is going to save us any money in the long run, of course it's not. If anything, it will cost us more money because EA will look at it as a how can they make more money sort of situation. They're not doing this for us. They're doing this as a way for them. Uh, so there are a couple challenges here, though, and he talks about this in the interview. But Andrew Wilson's actually a pretty smart guy, and as much as you may not be a fan of EA, it's interesting to listen to people who really do understand the business side of it along with the gaming side of it. And so he talked about where you would go, uh, where some of the troubles would come from with doing a yearly update. So the first one would be, the first biggest challenge is still that we don't have the best online infrastructure here in the United States. So obviously it's different in different places of the world. But in the United States, being such a large country, we don't have as good as an internet infrastructure. So there are places in the United States that still do not have access to internet at all. And there are places that have access only to very slow internet, not high-speed internet. So you can't even play games online, let alone download updates and everything. So there's a challenge there. You're alienating some of your fans if you do that. And I would argue that some of the fans that would like this game would be people that may live in, in uh, you know, in non, excuse me, would live in more rural areas that may not have access to full internet subscriptions and stuff like that. And then you've got the idea that uh, EA talks about when they do an update to Madden in the U.S. or to FIFA in the U.S., they actually do a lot of code change from the last year to the to the current year. So when you have huge updates like that, you're going to have a game update that's much larger than you expected when you have that much of a change, I should say. You're going to have a huge update as opposed to, you know, uh, what he said was in countries like China, they only release big code dumps every couple of years. So you could do like a trickle out sort of situation there, but here it's a little bit different. So they'd have to change their complete structure on how they do things in the United States. They would have to change it to be more of hey, let's, 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 do, let, let's change everything we've been doing. Let's, instead of doing a big code dump every year, let's every month trickle out something. And you kind of see that with, again, MMOs like World of Warcraft. You see minor updates every, maybe even every week, sometimes every couple weeks. Then you see some bigger updates every couple months. And then you see like every couple of years, you'll see like a whole new expansion or, or a huge change come out. So I could see this actually totally happening. What I think would be smartest if EA were to ask me, which they won't, I would think what they should do is they should release kind of like what Rockstar did with Grand Theft Auto. Release a new game next year and just call it Madden NFL Football. Just forget the numbers, forget the years, Madden NFL Football. Then what you do after that is that's what's then allows you to use the online functionality to keep the game updated. And what you can do then is you can still do things like you're doing it now. So say like destiny, this is kind of a bad example because destiny's when they do, when they re-release the game after an expansion, it, it doesn't technically include the DLC on the disc. It's a code that you would enter. So the disc is still a plain destiny disc, but just um, maybe what you could still do is after that year is up, you're not going to make a new, a Madden, you know, a, a Madden online or a Madden NFL football too. But what you will do is you'll make an, a Madden, 2018 or a 2019 update edition or Madden update edition where it now includes all of the updates that everybody else could have already downloaded throughout the year almost like a game of the year edition or something like that it's like like Dark Souls 3 had a at a game of the year edition where it had all the DLC on the disc so it could be something like that or, or Witcher 3 did the same thing and in fact most games do that <laughs> Metal Gear did it everybody does it 
So there's some really interesting stuff there, um, but I, I want to talk a little bit about the sensationalist headlines because that was frustrating to me when it when it made it sound like something was wrong with Madden and they were going to get rid of it. There's nothing wrong with Madden. In fact, ever since they added the cards in, like FIFA and Madden have those, like the ultimate team stuff, they make a ton of revenue on microtransactions in a full-fledged game. And this would just be a way for them to kind of update with the times. Now, he never said that they were going to do this. He could just see a future where this became realistic. So it's, again, it's not anything dire. It's it's not like next year we won't have Madden. And so that was what I want to talk about as far as the headlines go. But it is an interesting discussion to talk about where the franchise could go in the future. And I think whenever you, like I said, whenever you listen to somebody like Andrew Wilson talk, like he knows what he's talking about. And it's, it's always interesting to get like, to look behind the curtain and to kind of see the cool other side of game development not just the final product but to get to see the business side of it as well not just the creation but the business side of it because you know it is an artistic and an entertainment industry but it's still an industry and an industry needs to make money that's how it is still an industry and that's how it continues to be an industry so to me it's always very interesting to understand the business side of it too and you know with things like uh, one of the things they were compared to was um things like riot and companies like Activision Blizzard, like I was saying earlier about how they have subscription services that they've been doing for years and it's really successful. And should EA move to something like that? And clearly EA, they've, and they talk about, you know, adding esports for things like Battlefield and, and, and Madden and their sports games and stuff like that. But are they ever going to have like a subscription service where you, you know, almost like an MMO? Now, a big negative to that is kind of going to be my issue that I'll always have when we talk about an all-digital future, is one, digital prices typically don't go down, especially on the consoles. Like, yes, you have sales, so like PlayStation and Xbox will have like Halloween sales, they'll have different things. But for the most part, digital games, especially when sold at retail, never go down in price. If you look at GameStop's website, you can look up a used copy of Black Ops for PS3. The original Black Ops is $4.99 for a used copy or $59.99 for a digital copy. And that's crazy. You know, like, why why don't they have a discount on the digital copy? Now, it's not really their fault. It's because they bought this code and they, they bought the rights to sell these at that price. They can't adjust that. Uh, but my issue with an all-digital future will always be access to our content. When you have a subscription like World of Warcraft, I didn't buy World of Warcraft. I bought the right to play on World of Warcraft and I pay a monthly fee for the ability to keep playing World of Warcraft. I don't own it. I don't own anything. Nothing I have is worth anything. I have no ownership over it. And so that's a, that's scary to me is if we have, uh, okay, so say personally, say you have an internet outage. Say you have a problem. Say you have a power, you know, an internet outage. You can't play your game at all. So you can't play Madden. There's no, you know, and maybe there will be an offline mode. Again, that might be something they could work in. But typically with a subscription service, it's almost like you're always connected online. And you can kind of see Madden almost doing that now. Like they do almost daily updates to commentary. They do uh, roster updates you can download, but it's not automatic. This might be something you'd log into and it'd be automatic. Now, again, maybe it would be still a single player game that you would just hook up online and download the updates you want. And that'd be cool too. In fact, that'd be better. Uh, but I always, I always fear the idea of all digital future, one, not owning what we have, and two, having to do with online licensing. You never know when a company is going to go out of business or be sold or bought or when a company is going to cease to be. And at any time, the company that buys them or buys the rights, they can shut down that service. It's in the terms, it's in the TOS that we all sign when we all, you know, super fast scroll through it and skip it. And it's all there. So 
that's the sort of thing that makes me nervous about something like this. But this has always seemed to me like the natural progression of Madden football anyway. Selling a new disc every year always seemed kind of crazy to me. And I think the only reason it works for Madden, as other franchises have tried this, Call of Duty does a new one every year, but you see... You see numbers dwindling on Call of Duty. I mean, and, and there's always people back and forth, but there's enough of a change there that'll keep people interested every year. Assassin's Creed, I think, struggled to do yearly. They took a year off. They came back at Origins is incredible. Uh, but they took a year off not, was it last year? Or was it the year before? I think they, no, because last year was Syndicate. So they, they took a year off somewhere in there and they didn't release a new Assassin's Creed game that year because they, they realized that there's a real thing such as franchise burnout and people were burned out on Assassin's Creed games. So push them back. And, you know, make a good game, take a couple of years, make a good game that'll sell double than it would have if you sold one every year and you start to see like your customer base trailing off. But Madden kind of survived that because Madden had roster updates. And since the NFL is such a big entity already, it's such a huge property that they they already have a huge number of fans that transition over to the video game. A lot of their fans are the same. So but every year you've got new rookies, uh, hot rookie prospects out of college, you've got big name players that have changed teams and all that sort of stuff. That's why people buy it. Now you can do custom rosters and stuff in the older versions. So realistically you don't have to buy the new game. You could keep the old game and you could trade people on the teams, but they want, they want these new rookies. They want all this stuff. And again, you can create players. You can customize it yourself, but people don't always want that. Like people want, want it to be real. They want it to be that person, not somebody that they had to create. So I could see this as a 365 live service being, a very realistic possibility with its ups and its downs. I think there's positives and negatives uh, on both sides of this. But like I said, the biggest thing is I know a lot of people are reading these headlines and they're, and the, you know, that's like I said, it's, it's, it's attention grabbing. Like I guess it's supposed to be, but it's also not true the way a lot of stories are pitching this. Like it's like, they took this huge interview that was like seven or eight minutes long. It was really, really interesting. And they cut down all these questions about, you know, this and that. And then everyone pulled out the headline that Madden might not be coming out every year when that wouldn't even be the case. If it went to a subscription service, you'd have probably more updates to Madden than you have now, you know, so a little strange, obviously, um, but very interesting news. I could totally see it happening. I'm surprised it hasn't happened already, quite frankly. And it looks like EA is laying the groundwork for such a thing because they've set up their subscription service. It wouldn't be much harder to do like what WoW does with their Blizzard launcher, you know, because they have Origin. And you could have it where you have access to all of these games through your Origin account. And you can pay like maybe you pay a $15 monthly fee to play all EA sports games every year you know, or you pay, you know, whatever it is and something like that'd be really cool. So they've laid the groundwork for something like this. They're just a little bit behind other big companies like Riot and Activision Blizzard, but still very interesting stuff nonetheless. And this is sort of the future of gaming, I think, uh, as you're going to see it. And, and this also goes along with what EA was talking about when they canceled that Star Wars game about how single, a lot of single player experiences for them, they don't make the same amount of money. So that's why you see this big move towards microtransactions and loot crates and subscription services like this unfortunately is kind of the future of gaming and i i don't see it changing anytime soon all right next i wanted to get into this really really annoying story that everyone's been talking about so if it's overplayed i apologize but ea uh is releasing this friday is releasing star wars battlefront 2 which arguably is one of the biggest releases of the year probably gonna be the biggest multiplayer game of the year released this year if you take out like um uh, considering even call of duty world war ii this is a star wars game and it's battlefront and battlefront name carries a lot of weight and star wars name carries a lot of weight <clears throat> and so last weekend 
Star Wars uh, Battlefront 2 went into early access uh, for a 10-hour trial if you on PC and Xbox One. So basically, people got to have extended hands-on time with a game that's only, at that point, was only a week away. So uh, everything's coming out. And, and we always, we knew this from the beginning. We've known this for a while, that the microtransactions are in the game, and there's some crap. So we're going to kind of talk about a little bit of stuff. First, we're going to talk about how the uh, the game itself is the very definition of what we call pay-to-win. So what that means is that you can pay real money for for actual stat and weapon increases in game. So normally to get like uh, unlockables and better weapons, you play through the game and the more you play, the better weapons you get. And it gives you an advantage because you put the time and you played. Well, so the way now that, uh, this game works though, is you, you basically get stronger by equipping cards. So even think that like they're carrying over the FIFA cards and the Madden cards. I think that except this is actual stat boosts for your character, right? So, (laughs) <laughs> there's ones uh, you you can uh, level up and you can actually craft your own cards with in-game currency and stuff you make. However, before you even, uh, it, it, you can, okay, and let's get real with it here. You can equip a card even if you're not able to make that card. So say you get a random loot crate and then you open that loot crate and there's a really nice card inside. You can still use it even though you don't have the ability to make that card because you're not high enough level. Well, you can get crates opened by paying money for the crystals in the real world. So, uh, and a lot of these bonuses are kind of strange. Like they actually give you advantages such as regenerating health or, um, I'm trying to find the list here. Uh, yeah. So like, 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 um, uh, extra ability cooldowns and like faster cooldowns, regenerating health, stuff like that faster reloads, things like that, like things that are are very massive advantages in a game like this. Now, my understanding is the lower level you are, they don't do as much of a bonus as they do at a higher level. Um, but even still, it is just the idea that, you know, normally in a game with microtransactions and loot crates, which are already kind of an abomination, even beyond that, those things, for the most part, in most AAA games, in most intelligent games, that's done as a cosmetic basis only. The idea of pay to win has always been like really frowned upon because it started off with a lot of like Korean MMOs and and other competitive games where people were doing, you know, the company put it in there because they knew it would sell, but it really wasn't like, you know, pro consumer. It was like, like if you don't have money, you don't have an advantage. And that's just, that's garbage. You know, we have to deal with that enough in real life, let alone in our video game lives. Right. So Normal, so even cosmetic crates are kind of annoying because you can't just buy the items you want. You have to hope to get it. And so EA, though, for some reason with Battlefront 2 is pushing this to an even further limit. And there's a whole bunch of facets to this story, but I'm starting off with kind of explaining why people are pissed off. So it, through the early access run, initially, you had hero classes that you had to unlock with in-game currency. So we're talking Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader... Like, like the big characters, like these are the ones that everybody wants to play. So as of the early access beta last week, it cost, make sure I get these numbers right. Uh, it cost 60,000 credits to unlock Darth Vader and to unlock um, like Luke Skywalker. So the guys at Game Informer have actually been doing a really, really good job with this. They're not, they're not my favorite people to listen to, but they've been doing a really good job of, of keeping up with everything. And so, 
um, there's been all this hubbub, you know, about how to make money, how long it's going to take. And some people on Reddit actually calculated that it would take 40 hours of in-game play to unlock one hero. So I don't know about you guys, but 40 hours of gameplay is probably about all I would put into this game the entire time I played it. Even if I played multiplayer for an hour or two, a couple times a week, a couple hours, a couple times a week, it would, it would take me through Christmas to, to do that. And it just, it just seems crazy to me that this is like EA's pushing the, the limits of decency once again, and they're not doing it with a Battlefield game. They're not doing it with Titanfall. They're doing it with Star Wars, and they know that they've got everyone by the grapes, right? And they know that we're going to buy it or that we want to buy it because it's Star Wars. And so they're just coming at us and they're, they're, they're just, let's, let's put this experimental new thing, which honestly, and we'll get into this too, is not on accident. This is all by design. This isn't just like some stupid, oh, we made a mistake sort of scenario. This is a hundred percent by design. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, so then there's all this just all week, people have just been dumping on EA, right? And so people are trashing them here and there. People are like, you know, this, this sucks. I'm not going to buy it. I want a refund. And so someone posts on Reddit, you know, makes this a simple post entitled, seriously, I paid $80 to have Vader locked. And he's upset. You know, he, he bought the special edition of the game. He, he paid 80 bucks for like the gold edition or whatever it's called. And he, he didn't even get like that hero class unlocked. So this is where it gets a little interesting. So this was yesterday. So he puts the post up. It gets upvoted 123,000 times. He gets gilded six times on Reddit. The user um, MBMM, MBM Maverick. So then he actually gets a response from the EA community team, which is really awesome, right? Like he, they actually respond to him. And the response is, the intent is to provide, quote, the intent is to provide players with a sense of pride and accomplishment for unlocking different heroes. As for cost, we selected initial values based upon data from the open beta and other adjustments made to milestone rewards before launch. Among other things, we're looking at average per player credit earn ratings on a daily basis, and we'll be making constant adjustments to ensure that players have challenges that are compelling, rewarding, and of course, attainable via gameplay. We appreciate the candid feedback and the passion the community has put forth around the current topics here on Reddit, our forum, and across the numerous social media outlets. Our team will continue to make changes and monitor community feedback and upload everyone as excuse me, and update everyone as soon as as soon and as often as we can. End quotes. So that's their response, which basically is them saying, we want, we want you, we put things behind paywall. We, we put things behind paywalls. We put things behind grinds to make you feel accomplished when you get those. Now on paper, that's not incorrect. Every game does that because that's kind of game design. That's basic game design. It's rewards. It's a reward system. You work hard, you get a reward. You're happy. You got a reward. You play another level. You want to keep working hard to get that reward again. Like it's basic stuff. It's the same with gambling. It's the same, like that. That's, this is basics, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But the, in, the first line, the intent is to provide players with a sense of pride and accomplishment for unlocking different heroes at the idea of having to play for 40 hours per hero and say you want to unlock four heroes. I mean, that's not pride and accomplishment, that's grinding. And what's really funny is in this day and age, as our attention spans get shorter, you know, we don't have a lot of grindy games. You know, like back in the day, games like Dragon Warrior, where you just sat and leveled for 20, 30 hours in one spot trying to level up, like that, we don't play games like that anymore. You know, we, we've kind of moved on to wanting things a little more faster and a little more readily accessible. 
And in a single player game, that's a little bit different because like, like Dark Souls, like I grind out levels in, in Dark Souls. Uh, I mean, I should say I, I play through levels in Dark Souls because I love the sense of accomplishment when I finish one because it's difficult. And so when you beat it, you have a sense of accomplishment. This isn't difficult. This is just mindless grinding. And that's also a single player game Dark Souls is as opposed to this is a multiplayer game. So you're looking to have an advantage over somebody else in a multiplayer game. You have to do all this grinding to get it. Or, and here's where the problem lies, or you pay real money for a quicker advantage to get those characters, for the advantage of getting those characters quicker. That's what the problem is, right? So that's where all the hubbub comes from. And in a very impressive showing, this comment on this post now has, as of right now, negative 659,000 karma which means it was downvoted well it could have been downvoted a lot more depending on how many people upvoted it but it's been downvoted it's it's karma number is negative 659,000 so that that means that most likely if i had to guess around 800,000 to a million people downvoted this comment and now to be fair it's the internet brigade came out and there's a lot of bots downvoting it people on alts and multiple accounts downvoting it so this doesn't mean that they're going to lose 659,000 sales copies of the game but this is a big deal this is a really really big deal this is a community snafu and they're basically getting destroyed for it in the media uh, on social media so so after that right so they're listening obviously they look at something like this and they know this is a disaster they they know that they knew they were going to get like they were going to get people biting back at this like they they knew that they were hoping it wasn't going to be too much and how quickly they've adjusted tells me that they had this plan in place you don't just make tweaks and adjustments like this very quickly and and on the spot just because someone complained on reddit so after all this, so it's been kind of a rough day for the community team at EA. <laughs> so then all of a sudden they come out and they say, uh, they have a press release this morning. Uh, the backlash was very, very fierce <laughs> and they have a, they, they come out this morning and on battlefront Two EA's battlefront Two blog, the update confirms the new prices for major heroes were partly decided upon after seeing feedback from the EA access trial. So they're not even really saying that it was based on the Reddit feedback. They're saying on feedback from the access trial, which clearly that's what people played and then moved on. So this is another, this is a new quote from EA quote, since the start of the project, listening to fans has been important in making sure star Wars battlefront two is the very best experience for all of you. EA said we're, st we've stayed true to that with the closed alpha through the beta last month. And now our play test first trial. That continues as we move forward worldwide launch this week, and we're making adjustments to the game based on player feedback. That includes a substantial change we're making today as we've been monitoring things during the first play trial. The first, excuse me, after the play first trial. I don't know why they call it that. We use data from the beta, data from the beta, data from the beta, to help set those levels, but it's clear that more changes are needed. Un end quote. <clears throat> so they're basically saying, hey, we're listening to you guys. We appreciate our fans. Uh, it's, so here we go. So thank you everyone for, for bashing us over the last week to help us. We're helping. Everyone's helping. Uh, they, they continue quote, we're reducing the amount of credits needed to unlock the top heroes by 75%. The post points out Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader will now be available for 15,000 credits. So actually it was 80,000, excuse me, not uh, 60,000. I said earlier, so it's, uh, 15,000 credits. Emperor Palpatine, Chewbacca, and Princess Leia will be available for 10,000 credits and Aiden at 5,000 credits. <clears throat> Based on what we've seen in the trial, this amount will make earning these heroes an achievement, but one that will be accessible for all players. 
The change will be live today with an update that is getting loaded into the play first trial and also the full game when it launches. So again, this is a tweak. This is a balance that was very quick to come out and very quick to implement. They didn't even do any like play testing of this reduced amount. They just basically said, okay, people are mad. Let's switch it, which is very strange for a company like this. Normally, if people are upset about the amount of things you earn, they like the credits you earn and stuff like that you spend, that has to go into balancing and play testing for at least a little bit so you can understand how long it's going to take. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. Um, okay, so I'm just reading this. Sorry, it, it does say that heroes like Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker cost 60,000 credits. So, oh yeah, okay, I'm sorry. My math is awful. I apologize. I was right the first time. 60,000 credits <clears throat> because 15,000 is 25% of that. I'm an idiot. <clears throat> Don't mind my, my shoddy math in the early mornings. Well, I drink a little bit of water there. So yeah, don't my shoddy math aside, 60,000 credits is what it was. So then that's what they come out and say. And they're like, okay, here we go. You know, we're, we're reducing the credits. We're sorry that it took so long. Now you can have those great heroes. And look at this. Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader were originally 60,000 credits. I mean, come on. That's ridiculous to think that you'd have to play that long and that much to unlock a certain hero character. And come on. I mean, that's just not smart. But again, this is by design, and I'm going to kind of explain that later. So anyway, so they say that, and we're like, okay, well, hey, hey, they listen to us. As, as the internet community, we are. We bitched about it a lot, and they fixed it. Okay, that's excellent. Um, and then uh, Game Informer does a little bit more digging, because, and actually, I'm really happy. They, they basically came out with an article yesterday that talked about where's our Star Wars Battlefront 2 review? Why is it not out yet? And this is what Game Informer had to say. Due to last-second changes to Star Wars Battlefront 2's hero costs, I decided to hold my review. This is Andrew Reiner, who's like pretty much the head dude over there. And won't post it until I have a firm grasp on the new flow of the game. Electronic Arts clearly heard the uproar from the gaming community about the inflated cost of heroes and slashed their prices by 75%. This is not a small tweak. It completely changes my take on the game, moving from an evil time sink to a potentially reasonable. I need to dive back into all of the modes to see if any other changes were made. And then he goes on to say, for instance, during my review, completing the campaign earned players a unique loot crate that contained, uh, contained 20,000 credits. That reward is now 5,000 credits. A big change. What else is different? I need to find out. One thing I hope EA is addressing is arcade rewards. After completing five challenges, I was alerted that I could no longer earn credits in this mode and that would more would be available in 14 hours. The cost of heroes and the push for players to buy loot crates were my two biggest complaints. The loot crate hook may still be there, and maybe it isn't. I can't say definitely at this point. I need to play more of the game, which I gladly will do, as I think all avenues of multiplayer are fantastic. It delivers that Star Wars fantasy in a big way, both in gameplay and visuals. This is easily one of the best-looking games out there. I can also say I didn't enjoy the single-player campaign. <laughs> Iden Versio's story starts as a strong note, but quickly falls apart. For the sake of spoilers, you may want to stop reading here. I won't read anymore, because I don't care about spoilers either. Uh, how long I'll have to spend with the game remains to be seen, but I am looking forward to jumping back into the multiplayer and awesome space combat. Yes, you heard right. The space combat is quite good. Think Rogue Squadron, people. End quote. So that's Andrew Reiner of Game Informer. That's his, that's his spiel about why his review isn't out yet. And so I'm reading that, and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So EA makes a statement saying, hey, we reduced the, the price of, of our characters by 75%. So... We're sorry, guys. We listen to you. We care about balancing. We dropped the price of 75%. Thank you. We all, you all love us now, right? And they look around. But when I'm reading this, because this isn't in the EA, like, like 
in their initial statement that was read earlier, they don't say anything about this. But right here, Andrew Reiner says that after beating the uh, after completing the campaign originally in his review, he earned a unique loot crate that contained 20,000 credits. Now, after that patch, it is 50 or excuse me, 5,000 credits. So that is uh, oh, what what is that? That's a 75% reduction in the amount of credits you earned. So I don't know if EA thinks we're stupid, but they just said, hey, we're sorry that our heroes are so expensive. We're taking them down from 60,000 to 15,000. But during the campaign, they straight up said, well, we normally were giving people 20,000 to beat the game. Now we're only giving them five. So all you're doing is giving us less and you're charging us, but giving us less. Come on, you can't expect us to be that stupid. Are, are we that stupid? Maybe we are. I don't know. But this, again, I'm going to get into a little bit later. This is an experiment, and I don't think this is wholly um, not done on purpose. And then um, arcade rewards. So after completing five challenges, this is what Andrew Reiner was saying, I was alerted that I could no longer earn credits in this mode and that more would be available in 14 hours. So now you're not only saying that you have to grind all this trash out, you're putting a limit on mode types that you can that you can grind the loot on. This is like, that's like some Candy Crush stuff. Straight up, that's like Candy Crush style, where you which is, by the way, a free-to-play game, so you can expect some of this trash because it's free. And this is a $60 retail release with a season pass with paid DLC later. And these guys are trying to say, well, if you, if you, you can't earn any more money, but if you really want that hero and you're only a couple thousand away, well, you can just buy some credits. No big deal. They don't put a timer on when you can buy credits. You know, this, this is really, really pisses me off. Like this is, this is the dirtiest of the dirty microtransactions, loot crate, uh, pay to win trash that we've ever seen. Like, and that's not, that's not a, that's not like a doom and gloom. Like this is literally the worst attempt at microtransactions and loot crates that anyone's ever tried. And it's from one of the biggest companies out there on a game. That's one of the biggest franchises out there. So then you say, okay. His, this is this is the this is where I want to get into a little bit of the uh, this is all by design because with how quickly they were able to make these adjustments I do not believe for one second that they did not have this set up and already planned they had this planned and they said look we're gonna drop and and actually I was reading an opinion piece uh, I'll, I'll read this because I was actually reading this going this is exactly my my thoughts so David Smith from um, the iris he has an opinion. Um, his opinion, Star Wars Battlefront 2's microtransactions aren't a debacle, they're an experiment. And I read that headline and I was like, that's exactly what I was saying. And so he puts it very well, so I want to kind of read what he says and, and throw into it. Um, and he actually goes on to some other things about how, like, they purposely went on to Reddit to make that account so they can make people feel good. I think that's a little bit more tinfoil hat. But here's what I will say. Um, I'm going to read the first part of this. Um... After an open beta that ended in community uproar over pervasive multiplayer microtransactions, a new controversy has erupted over the amount of in-game currency required to unlock major characters. Gamer forums and subreddits have been rife this week with the cries of why would they think they could get away with this? But everyone seems to be missing a crucial point. EA knew you were going to be mad about this stuff. What they wanted was to know exactly how mad. <clears throat> and and this, is, this is where I agree with them. From the moment the Battlefront 2 beta began, players expressed concern that the game was leaning far too openly into a pay-to-win model offering substantial combat buffs <clears throat> sorry about that 
um, offering substantial combat buffs to anyone that spent real money on loot boxes. As the tide of public opinion turned against them, EA appeared to retreat for a while, letting the criticism run its course from a boil to a simmer before announcing they had rebalanced the game's entire approach to microtransactions and progression. The news was met with a comparatively little resistance from the community. So it's almost like, end quote. So they, it was almost like they came out and said, okay, let's throw the worst at the worst at the wall. And then when we reduce it, people will think we're listening to them and that we're heroes. When all we're really doing is doing the exact same system, just less abrasive. It's almost like they're, it's almost like they're curing us to like, and like, training us to accept this model and so what they do is they start with something ridiculous this is actually like this is actually a, a, a bargaining and negotiating technique that a lot of people use start with a ridiculous number and let them pull you back to reality so you might come up and say well your business is worth you know a million dollars well i'm gonna say i'm gonna sell it for two million and the guy who's at a million says you know well i think it's only worth a million well i could come down to 1.5 and you're like, well, he did drop the price half a million. Now, hopefully the person negotiating isn't that stupid and ignorant, but that's what, that's kind of, you, you feel good about that. I mean, it's also in any negotiation, like say you're buying a game off somebody on Craigslist or the Facebook marketplace, you know, most of the time they most likely, when you see a ridiculous price on there, it's because they're expecting people to bring them down. Some people are, are really bad in their pricing, but for the most part, they, they want people to bring them down. So they put it at max value or a little bit above anticipating that someone's going to come in and say, I want a 25 or 30% reduction in price. You get that 20% reduction in price. You're happy because you feel like you made a difference. But, and then the person selling it goes, well, that's really what it's worth. So it's more the illusion of you saving money than you actually saving any money. So th they've, they've kind of... <laughs> I don't know. They, it's it's almost like this is conspiracy theory stuff. But I have to I have to say this is exactly the type of experiment a company would make. <clears throat> because here's what they didn't do: they didn't do this with Battlefield, they didn't do it with Titanfall, they didn't do it with Mass Effect, not to this level. They didn't do it with you know pick any other EA franchise you want to pick. They didn't do it with any of those. You know what game they did it with? Star Wars, because they know that no matter what, this game is going to sell X amount of copies just because it's a Star Wars game. And that's, in that's incredibly frustrating and ignorant, and I hate it. So that's frustrating to me. So so now we get to the point, well, what do we do about it, right? So we, we've, we're done bitching, right? So we've been bitching about this for 22 minutes. So we're, we're, we're done bitching. What do we do? Well, you vote and you you send a message truly well one through through social media i think that's fair through canceling pre-orders if you've already pre-ordered the game you cancel a pre-order they notice that um which also there's a story out that on the ea um page if you bought it right from ea they removed the uh cancel pre-order button from the website you actually have to contact customer service now to get it canceled. Uh, I did read that someone found another link to it on Reddit, and they basically linked you as a way to cancel your pre-order. But yeah, so they removed the button from the front of the page, so you couldn't unsub uh, you couldn't uh, cancel your pre-order. So one, cancel canceling your pre-orders is going a long way right now, enough where they wanted to take and get rid of it. Um, complaining on social media. This is the sort of thing that like you have to come out and say, I will not buy this tweet at them, you know, email them, send pictures of Instagram. You know, don't, you don't have to like, don't take your Darth Maul helmet or your Darth Vader helmet and like smash it outside. Like the dumbasses breaking Keurigs right now. But, <laughs> but you know, but show them that you're not going to buy this game <clears throat> that launches in just four days. All this bad press is just perfectly timed to screw over their sales. If, if we do everything properly.
So cancel your pre-order, one. Two, complain about it on social media. And then three, stay strong. <laughs> when I say stay strong, that means when the game comes out on Friday and you look around and all you can think of is that you want to play Star Wars Battlefront 2, don't do it. Just don't do it. Please don't do it. Be strong. Worst case, and I do say this as someone who owns a video game store, but like we won't have any used copies right away, wait for a used copy. If you want to stick it to a publisher, but you still got to play that game, wait for a used copy. No big deal. You're not, they're not getting the extra sales from it. You're basically, you're, you're saving money and you don't have to give them credit off of someone else's mistake. Right? So those, those are kind of your options, but I want to get really serious here for a minute. And, and you've heard, if you've heard this podcast, you've heard these, these rants before, you'll know that the one thing I say all the time is we have to be better than that. And it, it, it relies to a lot of things. One of them is we've had people giving, like sending death threats to developers at EA over this, that's ridiculous nonsense. That's what you don't do. In fact, again, we need to be better than that. We're customers. There are people creating a game experience for us to actually give them, send them death threats and horrible and to harass them. Give me a break. That's not how you, that's not how you win this anyway. That's not how you win an argument. How you win an argument is by saying, I'm not going to purchase your product. When you're a customer and you want to show something to the person providing the item that you want to be a customer for, you don't buy it. That's how you vote. You don't threaten them. You don't send them death threats. That's such a childish and such a ridiculous thing. You don't do that. That's 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 ridiculous. We need to be better than that. But I'm also going to apply that you need to be better than that to the sense of we need to be smarter consumers. And this goes back to every rant video I've done. The Atari, you know, that's coming out, the uh, the C64 Mini, all these. Like, you need to be a smart consumer, the SNES Classic, don't buy it from a scalper for 150. Be smart. Don't don't play into Nintendo's game of limited quantities. Don't play into the scalper's game of buying 200 of them day one to make $10 profit on each one. Don't don't play that game. And it's tough because you know what? It's Star Wars, and I'm right there with you guys. I can't wait for the new movie. I'm a Star Wars dork. It shaped my entire childhood growing up on Star Wars. Um Nothing would make me happier than to play one of the best games of all time and have it be a Star Wars game and have it be so much fun and I would never play anything else. And and here's the other part. You know what sucks too? The game's good. I, I, I hate to say it. I wish the game sucked because it would be easier for us to do this. But the game's really good. And so the multiplayer's really fun. And it's like a it's it's the space battles are incredible. The arcade mode is is really fun, and uh, the single player uh, is okay. Uh, I played through most of it. It's it's fine. I don't think it's great, but compared to like Call of Duty single players, it's right up there. It does its job, and so it's really tough and it's really frustrating. And but we have to be better than what they're expecting us to be. They're expecting us to to be sheep and to lay down and to buy this crap. And if we do, I'm calling it right here. Like I'm not, I'm not like telling everyone to rise up and put your fists in the air, but like this will continue if we allow it to continue. It's just plain and simple as it is. And you know what I'd love? I'd love if I could say, you know what? Screw this game. I'm going to play the next Star Wars game. That's by a better company. That's not EA. Well, you can't because EA owns exclusive publishing rights to all things Star Wars video game related. So thanks, Disney, for that. Now, Disney didn't know who they were getting in bed with, but I'm sure they get a percentage of the profits, and I'm sure there's milestones that if the game sells a certain amount, then they get a bonus. Uh, EA gets a bonus. I mean, that's, these are all the deals. These are how these things work. It's still a business, and I'm not against that. I'm not against capitalism. I'm not against people making money off their talent, which in this case is making video games. But what I am against 
is taking advantage of people and, and pushing it too far. We've been letting loot crates and loot boxes run our lives for a couple years here. And we need one, I think we need to kill it. And, and I had to make this in Rocket League, which is a game I play a lot. And you know what I did? I, I, I got Rocket League for free on PlayStation Plus years ago. Love that game. And I put so much time into it that I said, you know, when it comes out physical, I'm going to buy it again. One for the collection, but also because I do want to support these guys. I want to give them some money. I bought a couple of the DLC car packs because I got that game for free. So, and I respected their, their craft and that they need to make money. So I gave them some money, but I have a friend who's spent over a hundred dollars on keys to open loot crates in rocket league. Now, is that his fault? Yes, it is. And, and, and I, and I love the guy and he's, he's, he's a good friend. He's my only rocket league buddy. He's the only person I play rocket league with, but I feel like that game has got him like it's got him caught and he's caught in this cycle. It's essentially gambling and, and gambling can be addictive just like anything else. And so it's like, you got to see what's in the crate. You know, what's in the crate? Why can't, you know, I want this. I want that. I want this. And so he spent all this real money on that game. And again, it's personal responsibility though. Like he takes responsibility for that too. And he even admits it. He's like, yeah, you know, I, and Brandon, if you're listening, you know, I'm not calling you out, but I'm just saying, um, and he'll say like, you know, I don't know what it is about this game. It just gets him. It just, there's something about it that hooks him. And so we have to say, and we have to vote with our wallets and I'm going to do it this time. And I've officially decided I'm not buying battlefront two. I'm going to stick to my guns on this one. Um, what sucks is I was going to buy it on PC. So I can't wait for a used copy to come in. I guess the best I can do is wait for a steam sale. Maybe go on like, uh, you know, green man gaming and buy a digital copy or G two a and let someone sell me their code cheap. You know, I don't know. I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do, uh, but I'm not going to buy it day one and I'm certainly not going to play it. Uh, in its current state. And I really hope they change some stuff, but you can tell that they've done this all by design. Like they, they basically gave us, they, they, they chunked us initially for a ton and then pulled back and said, Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. It's better now. Here you go. We're sorry. And all of us are going, we did it. We did it, man. We, we got them to change their stance. I can, I can play battlefront two guilt free again. But you can't because they're just rim jobbing you and they're they're tricking you and they're tricking us, you know, and it's it's I looked at it, too. And I said, oh, well, hey, they listen to the community. They dropped the price by 75 percent. Cool. We did it, guys. We came together. The Internet changed something. We're proud of ourselves. Now we can buy the item without feeling guilty. But we can't because they didn't fix it. And this was by design the whole time. They're trying to manipulate us. So, look. Here's the download. Here's here's the thing. Here's here's the end of the podcast. Here's where I'm just gonna drop this knowledge for you. Here's what it is. If you want to buy the game, go buy it. I don't care. I really don't. But understand that your con- your actions have consequences. And if we all just say to hell with it, and we say because it's a Star Wars game and because it's a fun multiplayer game that we'll let them do anything to us, then go ahead and buy it. But don't be pissed off when Battlefield Five or Battlefield One two or battle <laughs> battlefield bad company 5000 when they come out and it has the same bullshit in it excuse my language because this is exactly what they're doing they're grooming us to be able to accept this as the way it is and i refuse to do that and i hope you guys do too and uh, that's pretty much it for the podcast. It's a little bit of a short one today, um, but I only really had those two big stories. There's actually a lot of other stuff going on too, but um, I'm a little crunched on time, and I want to talk a bit more about some other things, um, which uh, actually there's one other thing I want to talk about briefly, and this came out last week, and since I just got done ranting about EA for a minute, uh, for 30 minutes, then I'm going to come out and also hit you with 
this rant about EA buying Respawn. So Respawn is the company that was formed from the ex-Call of Duty guys. Uh, they were the guys who basically got sued by Activision and then uh, saying they were colluding and they were trying to leave. It was a huge mess years ago. It was actually a really fascinating mess <laughs> where like uh, the head of Activision was putting like spy cams and stuff in their offices. It was, it was just awesome. Um, and uh, so that was a thing. And uh, these guys left to make a new company called Respawn where their game was working on called Titanfall and EA was the publisher. So they released Titanfall last year, Titanfall 2. And Titanfall 2 is actually a very awesome game. And unfortunately, they launched it between Call of Duty last year and Battlefield 1. So it was kind of mushed between two similar type of games and Titanfall 2 got kind of lost, even though in my opinion, it's the best of the three games. So then apparently um, last week it was announced that EA is officially buying Respawn for like $400 million. And all I can say is this is only good. The only good thing this is for is for the people that own stock in Respawn <laughs> because they're going to make a, just a ton of money off this. Um, and unfortunately, we're going to see the publishing of Titanfall 3, which will probably be in like two years. And then the game will underperform because it's just not a mainstream title like Call of Duty or Battlefield. And then you will see EA shut them down, just like they've shut down everybody else they've ever owned. Um, we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, the uh, the death list of EA studios that EA has bought and then shut down. And uh, you can add Respawn to that list because it's coming. Uh, they'll be allowed to stay open as long as they're making competent games. Uh, but the one time they have a game that only does mediocre or doesn't reach sales goals, you will see... Uh, that company be dissolved and its employees pushed to other companies or it will be called, it'll be renamed like EA, I don't know, EA Florida, wherever the hell Respawn is located. And that'll be it. And that'll be the, the that's it. And Respawn will be no more. Um, and it's a sad tale that EA has been doing for the past, well, probably 25 years, I guess, if not longer, 25, 30 years probably is more accurate. But they just buy up the little guy that makes a great game for him. They let him make another great game or two. And then they, uh, they break them up, and that's how it goes. Uh, as, as always, everybody, I appreciate you listening. Um, you know, if, if you could, if you're listening to this on YouTube, please, please smash that subscribe button. Hit the little bell if you want notifications of when we're going live. Uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes, appreciate it. Uh, if you could, you can go to droprate.life. That will take you to our YouTube channel. Uh, our YouTube channel is The Drop Rate, and uh, we just broke 400 subs, which I'm very proud of as um, Jordan and I, uh, and obviously Jeremy and Trent all together. Uh, Jordan and I have been grinding this out since day one, like making YouTube videos. And uh, the first hundred before you get like partnered is like impossible to get. It's really difficult. And we ground that out and we hit the 400 mark, which I know is not a lot, right? But 400 in just six months to me is very impressive. And uh, my goal by the end of next year is to be over a thousand. And if we're over a thousand, that means in one year, you know, in, in one year's time, year and a half time at that point, if we've gotten, you know, a thousand, maybe 2000 subs, that's very realistic. Um, that's exciting to me. It really is. Uh, and I think that, uh, <laughs> I think that this is really something. And I think that uh, you guys have all been great in, in, in our passion and helping us find our voice, but also sub, uh, subscribing into us. And, and we're going to start opening up, but Jeremy's going to start opening up a lot on Twitch. We're trying to do streams almost every single day. We're going to set up almost like a network where on like Tuesdays from seven to eight is Greg's retro hour or something like that. And we're working on it, but, um, just wanted to say thank you as always for listening. Even if this is the first time you ever heard one of my rants on YouTube and you're just, you're just listening. Thank you. Um, it's much appreciated. And, um, 
and, uh, you know, feel free to leave comments and, and, and I can bring it up on future podcasts and stuff too. But thank you as always for listening and watching long story short, love you guys appreciate all that you do for us so that we can keep doing this for you. And I hope you all have a great day. We'll talk to you again soon.